Welcome to the Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. My name is Dr. Adriana Popescu. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and leader in the field of mental health, energy psychology, addiction, trauma, and empowerment. In this podcast, we will be exploring mental health from a variety of perspectives from the spiritual to the shamanic and beyond. What if mental illness isn't everything we think it is? What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? Hi everyone, Dr. Adriana Popescu here with you today with another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. And I'm so excited to have with me today as my guest, Ms. Julia Sotas Mattis. Julia Sotas Mattis is a certified facilitator of Access Consciousness, Talk to the Entities, and Write Voice for You. She helps with the creation of Access Consciousness events as a global event creator, hosting classes for the founders around the world. Julia travels facilitating her own workshops on consciousness in all over the world, places like Tokyo, Budapest, New England, New England, sure, New England too, New Zealand, Italy, <laughs> and France. That's true. <laughs> Apparently you're going to New, Ze- New England next. Um, <laughs> Julia holds a degree in sociology from the University of Winnipeg in Canada, and you can find her on her own podcast on iTunes at A Different Reality. Uh, love this girl. Welcome, Julia. Thank you so much for having me, Adriana, and for the introduction. <laughs> um, I'm really excited yeah. to be here, and I love what you're doing with this show, and uh, this, this is such a cool, cool thing you're doing, introducing people to all these perspectives, so thanks for having me. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the listeners and viewers, you know, they may have heard of us talking about access consciousness before. Um, it's a modality both you and I are facilitators in, and I just feel like it's been so helpful for me and my work. Um, with my clients, and then, of course, for me personally. Um, So I want to find out, I always like to ask my guests first, tell us a little bit about yourself, and how did you find your way to doing this type of consciousness work with people? Yeah, that's a great question. I I was, you know, I was always weird. It's like, you know how some people are just born, like, think like knowing things or like I don't know about you but if you ever had like strange thoughts as a child and like I had a lot of strange thoughts as a child and was always thinking about like you know like at like I remember at five years old I had this game with myself so I'm like five and I'm little and I'm I used to I would walk around my house pretending that there was a layer of paper across the the house at like my my little my waist would have been pretty low to the ground. And I would pretend that I had these invisible scissors and I was cutting paper with the scissors. And I remember thinking if I go right, um, is that destiny or did I choose that? And if I go left, is that destiny or do I choose that? And like, do I have a choice in what I do in the next 10 seconds? Or is this, am I destined? And is this already happening to me? And, or happening. And so I really thought about those things a lot. And I remember like being like 10 or something. And I'd be like, I tried to be perfect. Like I did everything perfect. I was the perfect kid. I was nice to everybody. I was like, perfect, perfect, perfect. And I'm like, I'm not like, 
I'm like, I know there's more happiness around, but I can't reach it. And I'm like, so I'm like doing this deductive reasoning in my 10 year old head. Like if, if karma, I'm like, karma mustn't be real because I just tested it and I'm do everything that I can to be perfect, but like, I'm not having the fireworks of magic that's supposed to be happening. So karma's not real. So I've always been thinking about stuff like that. And then when I was 15, um, my, my uncle who, um, was my dad's best friend and they were business partners. Um, and they're actually farmers together on a farm in Canada. And he, my uncle was always at our house and he was like a father to me and somebody super close to me in my life. And, um, he died suddenly. Um, and after he died, I started to have mental illness and I really connect that to me being aware of his ghost basically. And, um, so I'm a huge believer in, um, healing through consciousness and healing through entity awareness. Um, so that's kind of where things sort of started to stem from. Well, can you tell us more when you say mental illness kicked in, what exactly were you experiencing before you knew now you kind of have a better idea of it, but at the time, what were you experiencing and what did you think was happening? That's a really good question. Um, well, it was basically, so I was 15 and, um, in Canada, um, especially where I grew up right above North Dakota, it's really cold for like eight months out of the year. It's freezing basically. And so you only get a little window of summer where you can go outside, like maybe for five months is really lovely. Um, or four months maybe. And so I really took advantage of that. But this one summer I started to, it wasn't a hallucination, but it was like a level of insanity and repetitive thoughts that were really, really, really aggressive. Um, and I started to be uh, extremely panicked. So I would say anxiety and, and uh, uh, really panicked. And I started to have this, um, really intense fear of snakes and as a kid I wasn't afraid of snakes and then as I turned into like adolescence I started to pick up on the people around me who were really afraid of snakes and then I became more afraid of snakes but this one summer I was so um disturbed and um like completely enveloped in this fear of snakes that in my few months of summer, I refused to go outside because I was so afraid that I would see a snake. And the few times that I did go outside, I, a snake came right up to me. And there, I, you could go years on my farm without seeing a snake. And, and so the fear, like it was, it was this intense, I like almost like, um, like a paranoid person. And then it's like, I actually, manifested that fear by you know by talking to the well we could get into that's a whole other conversation about communication with animals and things like that but but so it was this um extreme paranoia anxiety and then um uh I became so depressed that I re remember I also had pneumonia at one point of this and during the pneumonia and the depression I was like if I have to continue like this for, you know, a long amount of time, I'll have to commit suicide because 
uh, you know, when you have to, I don't know, for those, for those of you out there, when you do have depression, and I'm sure many of you out there have experienced this, it's like there's no past or future. It's sort of like you're just in this hole and there's no way out. And, and, and that's where, you know, the suicidal thoughts often come from. So it was, it was suicidal. I mean, it was just a huge plethora of feeling just insane and hallucinating and anxiety and feeling really trapped. So. So how did you find your way out of that? And how did your family respond to that? Yeah, well, well, I mean, they were scared. Um, and my mom was really sweet. She, she was very spiritual. And so she, um, her best, one of her best friends was very spiritual as well. And so she brought her friend in to help me. And, you know, she actually took a really like a spiritual approach to what was going on for me rather than, um, a medicine approach, which I am super grateful to her to this day for doing because, um, it has allowed me to get through this stuff without medication and then eventually find the tools of access consciousness, which gosh, I, I, I don't know where I would be without them. I really, really, um, love working with those tools and using those tools to work with other people. So my, my mom responded pretty, I mean, she was scared. Um, but she also, um, took a really cool spiritual approach and that helped a little bit. And it did help after a, a certain amount of that time, the depression lifted and then it stayed with me through high school, but it was just, you know, it's like when people don't, my family didn't really understand what was going on. And I, you know, when you're really depressed, you're kind of quiet and withdrawn. And so I just did that. And so it wasn't, it wasn't something that was really, talked about and um there was you know it was I I tried not to bother them with it too much and um really really withdrew so I would say that and and how I dealt with it it just went away and came back and went away and came back until I started using the tools of talk to the entities and access consciousness and then started to understand how mental illness can be caused by by ghosts and by entities yeah so tell us more about that right like how did you discover this modality this approach whatever we want to call it called access consciousness how did you find your way to that and how did you know that this was something that was going to work for you yeah so um so my my mom's friend that she called in her spiritual friend that she called in to help me um when I was not well at 15, um, was the same lady who introduced my mom and I to access consciousness. Um, when, as soon as she found it, she heard a radio show and she sent that just like a podcast, just like we're having right now. It was before podcasts existed, but it was, um, you know, uh, some sort of uh, the world Pooja radio show. So she sent a recording of that to us and I listened to it. And I was like, basically one of the, the first tools that you learn in access consciousness is that what is true makes you feel lighter and a lie will make you feel heavier. And I heard that on the radio show and I was so thrilled because I felt so blind with so many of the other spiritual modalities that I had done. 
And that really helped me start to trust my own knowing rather than having to put my heart or my faith into a spiritual modality. I could put my faith in myself and in my own awareness. And that was so powerful in my life that I never looked back. Um, I kept learning about access because access wasn't about access. Access was about using tools that would help me trust myself, trust my awareness, trust what I knew and put the power in me. And um, that was so empowering. And, and I love empowerment rather than helping people, you know, empowering people. Ditto. Exactly. I mean, I call myself an empower. In addition to being a licensed clinical psychologist, I'm an empowerment coach. Yes. And, like, and the tagline of access is empowering people to know that they know, not we know we have all the answers or whatever. What we have are simple tools and questions and, and hands-on. We do, you know, there's hands-on energy work, there's verbal facilitation, and we use these tools to help people yeah, like what you said, like get in touch with their own knowing and know what they know, not listen to what everybody else thinks they know. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, I, I've read so many, I mean, I mean, not as much as say, some of the people I know, because I was much I and I mean, I started, I started access at 19 years old. And now I'm, it's been 10 years, so I'm 29. And this is, this has been my career. And I have been working with people and asking people questions as a facilitator. I started at 20. It's like, who's going to listen to a 20 year old, but it wasn't hard because I just had to ask people questions. You know what I mean? I didn't have to be a guru. And by me empowering people, it's like that allowed my business to take off at a young age because it was all about empowerment and asking people questions and it didn't require me to have um a status or a guru and, and people were grateful for that and told their friends and so my practice built really quickly um just because of the result it was results driven so i um but i i, I have to say like um when i found out that what is true makes you feel lighter and a lie is what makes you feel heavier and then the next thing that was said on the radio show was, um, have you ever stood in line like at a restaurant or like at a cafeteria and you hear in your head, I want a ham sandwich. And, um, but you don't really want a ham sandwich. That's not what you actually want. You're picking up on somebody, two people behind you in line who's thinking, not even saying, but thinking in their own head, I want a ham sandwich. And I'm like, that is so me. Like there are so many peculiar things that I think that go through my head that are not, they just don't match me. And if I could just release those, I would have so much more peace. And so I really set out on that journey and set out on, um, well, we call it an access returning to sender. All of the thoughts and the things that were problems in my life that I was actually picking up on from other people around me. Yeah. Now, some people would say, well, Julia, then you're just kind of this, you know, eccentric psychic, you know? Yeah. We hear about this. People are psychic. They can read other people's minds. They, they they feel what other people feel, but 
what if this is actually a lot more common than people realize? I think that's the piece, the missing piece is people don't understand, like we all have that capacity, not just a few weirdos. (laughs) Every single person, like everybody has that capacity. That's a really good point. And, and if, if you start to look at your life closely, like you will see that so much of what doesn't work in your life is you picking up on other people's stuff or you basically mimicking, um, you know, people that you grew up around or things like that. And, and I love access because it allows you to release that stuff really, really quickly and dynamically. Mm-hmm. And then when that's all gone, it's like, I don't know, you get to know yourself. And you're different than you thought you were, you know, mm-hmm. it's really, really unique. Yeah. So we apply that concept to like some of the mental health stuff that so many people are dealing with and yourself included, like the anxiety, the depression, even the hallucinations and all that. Like how do, how then do you see that differently through the lens of what you've learned from access? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, so so it was really interesting and I didn't realize what was created until I started to educate myself about how energy works. Um, but when my uncle died, um, you know, basically what happens when someone dies is they either move on and pass on and go to another body or to the light or to another space. Um, or what's very common is they don't and their body dies and they get stuck. And so when my uncle died, somebody that I cared for so dynamically, who was such an important part of my life, who, who took incredible care of me and was so caring when he died, I was very connected to him and he didn't pass on or go to the light he stayed stuck and and really regretted um you know I I have the point of view that when we die we 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 are a part of that choice and we are aware of that choice and um I know that he really went whoa I you know this is really hurting people more than I realized that, or more than he realized it would. And I think he want, I know that he wanted to come back and that he felt trapped. And in that part of when I was 15 and I was feeling trapped or when I was having the mental illness, I felt so trapped. And I had hallucinations that I was like locked up and being suffocated and um, that I was talking to people and nobody would listen to me. And you know, that paranoia and that anxiety was my, was me being aware of my late uncle. And as soon as I realized that, um, I have not had depression or anxiety since. And that's a pretty big statement because, you know, it was to the point where I needed to be going on medication and um, like it was becoming a real problem. And there are a lot of people in my family lineage who had a lot of mental illness and were on a lot of medication. And, and that really statistically should have been my fate. And because I have these alternative tools and this amazing awareness of my uncle, like just that's one, I mean, I have tons of stories like this, but because I was aware of, 
of really what was going on for my uncle. I was the only one who could communicate with him that dynamically, could speak to him, could give him a sense of peace when nobody else would listen to him or had the tools to listen to him. I healed through his healing and the mental illness completely disappeared wow. with no medication or any kind of therapy, nothing. Just I communicated with him. He healed and I healed. Done. What a beautiful story. And so much more common, I think, than people realize. I mean, yes, I also work with the Talk to the Entities tools and that's yep. where I want to go next. Yes. Um, but so much, so many of the clients that I work with too, and especially with the addictions, um, they are also this whole idea of, you know, us being more psychic than we realize or empaths or whatever you want to call it, like picking up on those thoughts and feelings, emotions of other people that includes all these beings, all these spirits, ghosts, whatever we want to call them, people who have died and still are in their stuff. You know, they take a lot of times they take their junk with them and they're still totally. Right, wound up and upset about things or scared or whatever they got going on. And we can pick up on that. And if we're not recognizing that we're picking up on it, we're going to think we're the ones that create that are crazy and need to be locked up. Exactly. Oh, that's so well said. And and with my with the tools of talk to the entities, it's like you really, really can can separate what is an entity's thought and what is is your thought. And that's just key to mental illness yeah yeah we even have in talk to the entities a specialty class right called mm -hmm. entities and mental disorders mm -hmm. which is i love teaching that class you know because i just had so much experience with it myself and with clients but let's rewind a little bit and say a little bit tell us about what is talk to the entities how did it get developed what exactly is it great question so talk to the entities is um a specialty series of access consciousness. And it was developed by um, Shannon O'Hara. And she developed it about 17, 18 years ago. She had been um, dealing with such extreme mental illness that she realized that um, her father actually is the founder of access consciousness. So she had this amazing, um, leadership you know he really he he was he never forced anything but when she was coming to him with questions he led her to realize how aware of entities she really was and how ignoring um the vast community that she was aware of by that i mean ghosts um who are just people they're just like you and i and that's the thing it's like we think that they're somehow etheric or that when somebody dies they become all-knowing that's not true 95 percent of the time they're trapped and they have their same points of view their same insecurities um and they get even more frustrated and um anxious anxious and depressed because they don't have any they can't reach their family members and their friends anymore and they get they really freak out and so so much uh of the freak out that the people that i work with experience i know for for you adriana the people that you work with experience so much of that freak out and anxiety is um yeah i mean could you imagine if you died and you were still there but you couldn't communicate with anybody 
And it's like, that creates a huge level of anxiety um, in these deceased entities. And so, um, <clears throat> so for, for me, I mean, realizing that um, has been amazing. And so Shannon O'Hara, who founded Talk to the Entities, was, was her life was in such um, disarray, decay, poor mental health, um, and, and ultimately, um, you know, being very suicidal, that she realized if I don't start um, using my dad's tools of access consciousness, like this is my only hope at living. And so she started using her dad's tools, sort of almost begrudgingly, I think. I mean, she was only like 19 or 20 at the time. And she started using them. And as she kept opening the doors to ghosts, opening the doors to entities and to just her own deceased loved ones. Um, I mean, she tells amazing stories about working with large groups of Aboriginal entities. I mean, I mean, the, the, the list goes on. It's huge. And she started to heal them and her life healed. And then she, as she healed them more and more, her life, I mean, skyrocketed. And I mean, she is worth millions and millions of dollars and has this incredible life and, you know, um, has just created amazing things and amazing changes in people um, based on her willingness to talk to ghosts and help ghosts heal. Yeah. And it's a two-way street, right? It's not just that we are contributing to these entities and their healing and whatever. There's a gifting and a receiving, right? That can happen. Very good point. Yep. Say more about that. Yeah. I mean, that's such a good point. It, 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 for me personally, I mean, I just, um, the, the gifting back in, and it's not, yeah, you're, you're right. It's, it's not just going out to heal them. Sometimes they, it's not about me healing them at all. Sometimes they contribute to me. Um, I had, um, a grandfather, uh, my grandfather died and, um, he is so, such a gift in my life. And I ignored him for years after his death because I didn't have the infrastructure, the tools to speak with him. And when I got the tools and I started using talk to the entities tools, oh my gosh. I mean, it's like the, the joy and the happiness in his universe and his, as I was able to let him in and like, cause so much of what I come across when I'm working with people is they don't want to do this stuff because they'll think that they're crazy. And you do have to acknowledge you are crazy. Like I'm crazy. Adriana's crazy. If you're listening to this, you're crazy. Like this is not normal. This is not what you're going to learn in, in the hospitals. This is, this is alternative, right? Like we are crazy. And, um, but there's such a joy in being crazy and there's such a joy in, um, you know, opening that door and communicating with the spirit world. And so, um, when I started working, like being present with my grandpa, he's around me all the time. And the gift that he is in my life, I don't even have words for. He is just incredible. 
and and he has also changed and transformed so much as I have sort of alongside me and um, I'm just so grateful for that contribution and and there's also I mean more advanced sort of I mean that's sort of a specific one but you can get into the spirit the entities of the earth the spirits of nature the spirits of the ocean the spirit the beings of light and the list goes on and it's just such an exciting field because um it it's so spot on and it it's such an interesting group of people who are willing to open this door and have this level of intelligence and um awareness and uh there's just so much that becomes possible right and that anyone again anyone can do this anyone can learn there's a whole everybody yeah we teach in these classes how you can clear entities you know when they get stuck and attached to people places things we talk about how you can communicate with them and it's not always in words it can be an energetic exchange and we talk about how we can receive from them and 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 cooperate to create with them. And I mean, the, the, the possibilities are, are endless and anybody can learn how to do this. There's a manual, there's exercises, there's tools, right? Yeah. Yep, totally. Absolutely anyone can do it. There is not a single person who does not have entity awareness. And, and that's, that is such a huge misconception. It's like people who are psychics are psychics and other people are not. No everybody's psychic you know mediums can communicate with ghosts no everybody can communicate with ghosts we just weren't given an accurate proper repertoire and education and and i love talk to the entities because it is a mental health and um it is a mental health education of a lifetime and it goes it goes so far beyond mental health when you really step into it i mean it it, it becomes this this gift to your life mm -hmm. and you know it's when we look at other um cultures right around the world they have a very different view of death and beyond and beyond in the spirit world and all of that and they really do treat um their ancestors and departed very differently and they welcome you know, like here in the West, I think so many of us grow up with like the scary movies, you know, like the poltergeist and the exorcist. And we're just all, we have these ideas of, oh God, this is so bad. And they're more powerful than us. And they're out to get us. And it's, we're teaching something really different with talk to the entities. But I also think that honors the traditions that we see in other cultures where there isn't this same fear and uh, weirdness, creepiness about it. Totally. 100%. Yeah, it, it, it's just, for me, um, going back to what we talked about, like, a truth makes you feel lighter and a lie makes you feel heavier. And like, so like, when you know something is right for you, it's going to make you feel lighter, and it's going to expand your world. And it's just like, the expansion um, that I see, not just in my own world, I know it, it has been really dynamic in your world. You know, we've been pals for like nine years, I think, and um, and and so many people that that we both work with, it is so dynamic. The the just the expansion and the lightness. It's because it's what's true for people, and it just gets missed. Yeah.
And I love the phrase and access or the question really of like, what if everything you thought was a wrongness about you was actually a strongness? I mean, I think you're just such a beautiful example of that. I mean, if you'd have kept going down that original track you were on when you were 15, I don't know if you'd still be around or you might be locked up in an institution on 17 different medications. I mean, exactly. you know, what was considered wrong and weird and a pathology for you at some point turned into this incredible gift. Yes. And I, I, you're exactly right. I was so weird and I was so different and my interests were so weird and what I thought about was so weird and, and I'm so grateful to, you know, be at a place and have, have found a set of tools and a way of looking at the world that embraces how weird I am and embraces how weird I think and allows me to thrive and to invite other people to that. And like, where else do you get that? I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful infrastructure for people getting to be themselves. Yeah. The weirdos that we are. (laughs) (laughs) Julia, if people want to find out more about you, about your work, how can they find you? Yeah. So, um, I am, my website is www.juliasotis.com. So J U L I A S O T A S.com. Um, so you can find me on my website and I also do, um, one-on-one private sessions with people. I do half hour private sessions, um, sort of more intensive and one hour sessions. Uh, I love working one-on-one with people. And then, um, I also do classes, um, online mostly with COVID right now, but, uh, also all over the world. I've been traveling quite a bit through COVID. I've been to Saudi Arabia and, Turkey and all over America. So nothing has been stopping me. I've been getting around um, and uh, also a lot online. So there's a lot of classes on different topics and, and I love, love facilitating those classes. Thank you so much, Julia, for being my guest today. Um, And thank you so much for being so vulnerable and open and sharing your story. I hope that this inspires other people you know, to take a different perspective on what they or a loved one might be suffering with. I mean, the whole point of this podcast is to just educate and inform people and really put that question in their world of like, yeah, what if the wrongness of you is the strongness of you? And um, what if you are a gift to the world and your difference is in fact that gift to the world? So thank you so much, Julia. Thank you so much, uh, viewers and listeners. Tune in next time to uh, Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. If you like this podcast, please do share it, comment, pass it along. Let's get the word out there that you don't have to suffer with mental illness. There are other ways to treat it beyond the traditional. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Adriana. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. This has been Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share with others. To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time.